Hey everyone, welcome to The Platform, a bi-weekly podcast that takes you behind the scenes at First Baptist Owasso. Each episode, we talk about life together through the lens of God's Word and dig deeper into messages from previous weeks as we look ahead to what's coming next. I'm your host, Chad Balthrop, and I'm here with my pastor, Chris Wall. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good, Chad. It's a, it's a good day today. It is a good day. It's been a it's been kind of a crazy day. We've got a little snow going on here in Owasso today. I know. I saw on the news that we hadn't had snow in like eighteen hundred and like thirteen days or something. We haven't had a snow warning uh, or a, <laughs> or a winter weather warning. So uh, I guess that's global warming reality. I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's just getting hotter all the time, right? That's crazy. <laughs> well, hey, last week you were at the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. You had an interesting week with them last week. Tell me a little bit about the International Mission Board. What do you do while you're there and what what is it that they do? What's the International Mission Board all about? You know, Chad, I, I, I'm glad you asked that question. It's a great, uh, um, it's one of the greatest things we do as, as Southern Baptists. You, you know, Baptist, it's an interesting uh reality because there's there's lots of different groups of Baptists. And, and I think there's a little bit of confusion. For example, I've had some uh, more conversations than ever of people that are visiting our church that just don't understand who Baptists are and what they do. And, uh, and you know, Southern Baptists are, uh, it really is, we, we are the, the largest denomination in the, in the world. And, and we're different than like, um, like in Owasso, uh, Friendship Baptist Church, they're an independent Baptist church, uh, or uh, Rejoice, it's a free will Baptist church. We're, we're, we, we are brothers in Christ, but we don't necessarily cooperate together in a denomination. Southern Baptist all over the nation contribute to what we call the cooperative program. And for example, our church, 6% of every dollar that comes in into our offerings goes to uh, the cooperative program where we cooperate uh, with other Southern Baptist churches all over the world, essentially, and do ministry. And, and, And the crown jewel of our cooperation is the International Mission Board, because that is where we are uh, deploying missionaries, sharing the gospel all over the world. And right now, I don't. Uh, for those that are listening uh, and are part of our church and and tied to our church, you are directly supporting over three thousand five hundred full time missionaries that are literally all over the world sharing the gospel. <laughs> And it's phenomenal. That is such a remarkable number. It is. That is phenomenal. That is a remarkable number. And part of what's remarkable about that is that cooperative element of who we are as Southern Baptists. That's not that's not demanded of Southern Baptist churches. It's not compuls- uh, compulsiveness. It's not one of those things. We, each of the churches who contribute to that, they do that because they want to, just like the people of our church who give. They give joyfully. They give because they want to. And what a cool thing that we get to support so many ministries and missionaries. It, it is cool. And, and, you know, like, for example, it's, it's important to understand about First Baptist Owasso, we are an autonomous church. So there, there's really no one outside of us that's dictating to us, you have to do things this way or, or that way, or we, we are a self-governing congregational church that, that uh, no one outside of us is, is telling us what to do. However, 
it is a joy and, and it's powerful to cooperate. For example, one of the ways we cooperate, International Mission Board is one, but also disaster relief. Like if you notice outside in our parking lot, like most people will notice that we have a big kitchen. It's a disaster relief trailer. And when disasters happen anywhere in the United States, uh, we deploy often our, our team from our church is deployed either to go cook and supply the Red Cross and or where we have chainsaw crews out of our church. And and these are these are supported by the cooperative program. And 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 it's phenomenal because, like, for example, IMB, our missionaries that are all over the world, they don't have to raise their own support. Uh, they are funded completely. And they are resourced completely. And, and you know what? It's it's incredible that every hour of the day, every moment of the day, we have a missionary that is on duty, sharing the mm -hmm. gospel, building the church. And let me tell you something. The stories that come out of this, of God at work, it, it's phenomenal. And it's moved yeah. me as a pastor as I started. And, and, and the reason I went is I'm a trustee. In Oklahoma, we have we have three trustees that are charged to give some oversight and accountability to the International Mission Board, and and I I I get to serve as a trustee for the International Mission Board, which is a, really an honor, and it's an important role because as a church we give a lot of money to that, uh, but we also um, uh, are getting to be I get to have kind of a uh, behind the curtain view of our yeah. mission pursuits around the world. Well, and even some influence and possibly even some direction and some wisdom that you provide for those missionaries on the field and the way we cooperate together. I was thinking about disaster relief just this week. A member of our church, Randy Penny, was certified as a chaplain. He's just a volunteer. That's really everybody who participates in things like disaster relief. They're just volunteers. But that phrase, just a volunteer, is deceptive because volunteers are changing the world. And because of the way our churches volunteer to cooperate together, we are able to fully fund missionaries all over the world. It's one of the things that the International Mission Board talks about. They want us to, to develop and grow and express a heart for the nations. So what does that mean to you, Chris, to develop a heart? for? What does it mean for our church to have a heart for the nations? Well, well, it's important for us to, to see the world and to recognize we're called to the world. And, and we're called to, uh, to, to see and share, see, first of all, see people as, as people that God loves everywhere in the world. And, and then we're called to influence and, and, and make sure the gospel is shared uh, here, there, and everywhere, like we always say. And, um, you know, uh, let me back up for a second. Well, you just said something, just sparked something in my heart. I'm so proud of Randy Penny. Um, yeah. You know, he's a member of our Calvary campus and, and he's, yeah. that's where he serves. He and his wife, uh, Marilyn, serve at our Calvary campus. And, 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 to, and you know, it, that's a perfect example of, look, it's not just us as pastors of the church that are called to do ministry. Uh, we're all called to do ministry. We're all called to missions and to serve the Lord. Randy serving through disaster relief. And, and there may be some listening that they go, you know what, I can, I can serve in disaster relief. And you can. You know what I'm praying with with missions and with a heart for the nations? I'm praying that that there are some folks in our church that get a heart for the nations and go, you know what? I can go on the mission field. And I'll tell you something, Absolutely. Jed. 
we can help send people to the nations yeah, and, and, sure and we'll resource them. And so it's my prayer yeah. that, that out of our congregation, um, missionaries are called to go to the, to the world. And, and, you know, one of our goals with the international mission board over the next five years is for us to, to see 500 new missionaries go to the nations in the next five that would years. Be, that's a great goal. And I would love to see families, individuals, people from out of our church, out of our congregation, be some of those 500. That would be, yeah. that'd just be really exciting. Me too. And, and, and one of the things that um, those that are listening, uh, would you tonight, before you go to bed, ask the Lord, God, am I supposed to go? Yeah. And would you, would you ask that question? Because you might find that you, you should. And, and let me yeah. tell you something. You can we can yeah. send you and when and if you go with the international mission board not only would you be uh um resourced um but but you'll be trained uh you'll be uh, equipped in language in and, and there's so many great opportunities all yeah. over the world and so i do pray that we we as a congregation see the nations and develop yeah. a heart for the nations. And, and you know, and Chad, well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, good, I was just gonna say, it's part of the beauty of the International Mission Board and the way we do ministry. We do it together, nobody goes alone. So you may end up in a remote part of the world and you may end up in a well-populated part of the world, but either way, you're not alone in that. You're surrounded by people from the International Mission Board. You're surrounded by your home church. You're surrounded by people who are praying for you and helping you as you do that. So it, it may feel like, wow, that's a huge challenge. How would I do that? Well, you, you don't do that alone. You do it with others. You do, you do it together with people. Absolutely. You bring up a great point there in the fact that, uh, let me tell you something I'm convicted about. And, and I've discovered that, that I mean, I, I sat with a family, uh, young family with, uh, uh, they just had twins. They have three children, brand new baby twins. And as soon as they uh, got medical clearance from the IMB, they moved their family to a country. And I can't say the name of the country, but it's 99% Muslim. And they went there to share the gospel. And I said to this young man, I said, what do your parents think? And he goes, you know, my, my mom said, it feels like I just joined the Christian Marines and I'm, <laughs> and I'm taking my grandchildren. You're taking my grandchildren. And, and, yeah. and I just thought, I was sitting there listening to his story thinking, you know what? As a church, we are not praying like we should. Uh, that, that in countries where the news says they are our enemies, we have people there sharing the gospel and leading people to Christ. Oh my goodness, yeah. leading people to Christ. Yeah. And Chad, we've got to be praying. So here's what we, we are doing. Uh, I know we have great classes on Wednesday nights, and, and I want those that are listening to go to those classes and be in that discipleship. But one of the things that we are uh, mobilizing is a prayer time. And we're starting in my office on Wednesday nights. And, mm -hmm. and I hope that that some of you consider coming and joining us in this hour of prayer 6.30 to 7.30 on Wednesday nights. And I pray, I'm praying we outgrow my office immediately because we yeah. need people praying. So I hope some, if you're, if you don't, are not uh, doing anything on Wednesday nights, 
let's get on our knees and let's do some of the best work we can do as a church. Come pray with us Wednesday night, 630. Yeah, that that would be really strong. And really, that's isn't that just an expression of that platform 936 idea that we would see people and be moved with compassion for them. There's people all over the world we ought to see, we ought to be praying for. And that's 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 the foundation of all of it. So I do hope that you'll be a part of that. That would be great. You know, the work of the International Mission Board and and what we just talked about, that's absolutely worth some worth celebrating and something we ought to be be excited about and, and be able to be be able to celebrate. But but there are also times in ministry that are filled with difficulty and with challenge. And and sometimes ministry is just loaded with grief. Our church right now has been in an unusual season since December, actually since the middle of December, we've had about 12 different funerals. And some of those funerals were were from unexpected deaths from, from younger people who have passed away. And for whatever reason, God simply said, your your time here is, is, is complete. And so, um, while we have moments to celebrate, we also have moments of grief. And so, Chris, as a pastor, man, this has been a tough season for our church and for you. So, how do you how do you deal with that grief? How do you deal with those moments in a season like this? Well, uh, yeah, it's been tough to be honest. You know, when you go to seminary, you go to classes about a funeral or two, and and you have a couple of classes like that, and they say, yeah, you're going to do funerals. But one of the things that I they didn't they didn't really tell me, at least I didn't catch it, is that. Uh, <laughs> is that you're going to do funerals. Yeah. But they are going to be of people you love and, and, and you miss that, that you've worked through conflict together. You've forgiven one another. You've served the Lord together. You've uh, uh, you know, and, and, and you're sad, but, but here's the thing. Here's the reality. We believe in the master of this whole place the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. We believe in him. And I'm thankful that he gives us his promises that we look at and we stand on and his promises are secure. You know what else he gives you? He gives us his presence. And and I've felt his presence over the last last two months as we've walked through, uh, I mean, goodness gracious, man, 12 funerals over over eight weeks. That's been unusual an unusual yeah. season. Um, but I'm proud. Uh, I'm thankful for the Lord uh, giving us his presence. But you know what else I'm grateful for? That he's given us people. Um, yeah. You know, Chad, you've been to me. Uh, you've helped me. Uh, you, you know, I've helped you. Uh, you know, Absolutely. we've tackled this together. I've watched our, our our other staff. Rob Lewis has helped us and and Joe yeah. and 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 Brad and 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 Brandon and Brennan and Bruce our whole and, st- and Bruce and, yeah. and Lucinda and all of us yeah. have come together staff. and leaned leaned on each other. But also our church body has made meals and and has come alongside and and Chad, isn't that the reason why God has given us a church to, to stand Absolutely. together? I mean, how, absolutely. That? Yeah, it's it's remarkable to see, and and I think that's I mean, maybe maybe that's the unintended theme of what we're talking about today, both with the International Mission Board and with these moments. We, we're get we're going through these things together, and and in those moments of weakness, I can lean on somebody else's strength, and in those places where I'm strong, they can lean on on my strength when they're when they're feeling weak. It was remarkable in our community. One of the men who passed away, it was unexpected. He was young and members of our church just sort of rose up. They put together a GoFundMe. They put together meals. It was actually, he had connections. His family had connections with multiple churches in the community. 
and the whole community really has just kind of risen up around them. The GoFundMe, I don't know where it is right now, but the last time I checked, it was over $40,000 that they were, that the people of our community, and when I say community, I don't mean just our church. I mean, multiple churches and the community itself have just come together to help support this family in a time of need. Now that's unusual and not every family you know, experiences that, but we do all, we're all surrounded by people who can walk with us through these uh, tragic times. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's, God just knows our needs and he knows the yeah. needs and he provides for the needs. And you know what else I was thinking about? Just the blessing of, uh, of watching our la- our people like Jonathan Watts, uh, when, oh, yeah. when, when he, God used him in the life of a friend on our Calvary campus and, 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 you know, helping a family through the loss and, and, and us getting to help him and walk with him. And, and he did so well as he, he led and one of our lay people led and Jonathan's a great leader in our church and our Calvary campus. And, and so just on, on both campuses, I've just, been been blessed to watch the Lord um, move us together because you know like it like you've seen time and time again we don't tackle these things alone God has right. given us his his promises that we stand on his he's given us his presence that he strengthens us and he's given us one another this is why we need to be in church together in life together and as a church we need to be together and be known by one another because we need each other don't we yeah and we need each yeah, other. we absolutely we absolutely need each other and and you know there's lots of things we do in church there's some things that we do that are just those regular things and then there's moments that are just kind of those unusual moments where we just need to lean on one another and and it's just you know being able to build those relationships and to build them on that firm foundation of who we are in christ and who christ is to us that's the unshakable that's the unshakable measure of our of our relationships. There's so many ways relationships can fall apart, but when they're built on that foundation of who Christ is and who we are in Christ, it gives us a context that lasts longer than just this, these temporary moments. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for the people of our church, the people of our community, for our staff. It's just been a privilege in the middle of these grievous times. Um, is that even a word, grievous? Um, in the middle of these uh, times, to be able to lean on one another—that's been a really good thing. Well, let, speaking let, of words, change... Chad. Well, speaking yeah, of words, ahead. you're working on your doctorate, so once you finish, you can make up words. It's okay. <laughs> oh, we just we just make up stuff as we go, right? That's, that's yeah, that's thing. right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, you know, and, and as far as the rest of the life of the church, there's some things coming up that that I hope people will catch on to and, and be a part of. One of the things that's coming is we like to make Easter not simply a day. We like to make it a season. And that Easter season, it ends or concludes or celebrates with Resurrection Sunday, the day we think of as Easter. But before that time, we begin Easter with Ash Wednesday that starts on February 26th. And so on February 26th, on, it's a Wednesday night. Uh, we'll have a, a very special service on the Owasso campus. It'll begin at 6.30 p.m. We hope everybody comes to that. But but Ash Wednesday for a Southern Baptist is a little bit unusual for us to celebrate. And the idea that we would talk about Lent and create an entire season where we're kind of focusing our hearts and minds around what it was that Christ did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so, Chris, why Ash Wednesday? Why are we doing this as Southern Baptists? Well, you know, it's it's an old tradition in many ways, um, but I think it's a good tradition. I mean, it's it's not historically been a Southern Baptist approach uh, to Easter, but 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 I think it's valuable to turn yeah. our face to the suffering of Christ and and to really, you know, take time to reflect on it. And in the season of Lent, 
it's our it's a it's really a discipleship season, an opportunity for us to uh, move our church to meditate and to reflect on on the cross and on the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think sometimes we we need to grow beyond this McDonald's spirituality. Um, if yeah. you will, let's, I mean, uh, let me explain that. It's this, this <laughs> let's do something really fast. And, and I think it's valuable to uh, consider disciplines. And that's the, yeah. that's the heart behind the Lent season, that let's turn our face to some disciplines, like the discipline of fasting from something. Because yeah. as we go without, it's not just for the sake of fasting just to say hey i fasted but it's this idea of let me let me go without something in my life that causes me to consider christ and depend on the lord and and that's what i want that's what i think our church needs to learn to do is depend on the lord that's what i want my kids to learn to do to depend on the lord and and this is a season that I think really prepares us for Easter that starts with Ash Wednesday. Then we we fast throughout the season. Then we have our Passion Week experience, which is such a, a tremendous blessing. And and then um and then you know we'll end with this glorious moment of of Easter Sunday. Hey Chad, you know what I want I want to hear from you a little bit on that okay. Romans 12, 1 and 2. To tell me a little bit about the heart behind that, because you've been in those discussions. Tell me, yeah, talk about that. Um, yeah, I'd love to do that. I do want to point out, though, that just a minute ago you brought up McDonald's and then told us we're all going to have to fast during Lent. Yeah, okay. So I'm not sure that's very fair or not. But that may not <laughs> no, be a bad idea permanently. <laughs> but I'll just leave that right. there. Not not yeah, to no. bad mouth McDonald's. Oh no, not at all. I do love the idea, though, that that we are going to take some unhurried time together as a church to focus on those disciplines and and really through fasting let that be a trigger whatever time we feel whatever hunger pain or desire for whatever it is we're we're trying to remove from our lives to use that as a trigger to remind us of those spiritual disciplines so we can go a little deeper with christ you know with platform 936 which is really our gospel adventure the challenge that we've been issuing to everybody this year to see the people and to be moved with compassion for one another we wondered we, we were trying to figure out how can we wrap ash wednesday around that idea and, and what, where, where should we go in scripture to help us focus on those disciplines and at the same time see those disciplines as really kind of the fuel that gives us what we need to be ready to share the gospel whenever God gives us that opportunity. And so we were really just kind of led to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And those are, you know, for many people, such familiar verses. But I think about it in terms of, you know, it says, you know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable act of worship. And then in that next verse, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And as we were reading those verses together, it just became clear that is our platform that we wouldn't be conformed to this world, but that we would be transformed by the way God renews our mind and renews our heart through the grace of God that he's given to us through his son, through Jesus. And so that platform idea is, it is about the influence we have, but it's also about the principles we stand on and the plan we intend to follow. So all during Lent and through this Ash Wednesday service and, and, and through this season, as we turn our hearts and minds to these disciplines, 
the idea is let's practice these disciplines so that we won't be conformed to this world, but will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that's what fuels the platform that allows us to fulfill that mission that God's given to us, to see people and to be moved with compassion for them. I'm really excited about the service. It's going to be an incredible service. The music will be fantastic and the message will be heartfelt, but but even, even those kinds of things will, it's, it'll be the beginning of something. And it'll be the beginning of something that lasts all the way through the celebration of Resurrection Sunday. So I'm and, and I'm just grateful. And I'm just grateful. And I pray that the Lord helps us experience an entire season of spiritual growth and and of of reflection on the gospel and that we and that we stop and think and 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 not be so hurried but to sit with the lord and 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 allow him to to grow us in our walk with him so that's kind of my prayer through the entire easter season yeah, and I think that's great. I think that that's exactly what we want to see happen. That's what we're all praying together. And so I'm so glad that we get to do this together. I think that'll be awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Is there anything else you want to say before we before we check out? Man, I'm just uh, one one thing that's coming up on February 16th that I, I hope everybody gets ready for and thinks about. Uh, we're doing a Lord's Supper that day. And, yeah. uh, and and that's a beautiful time in the life of our church. And, and, uh, and I hope that... Uh, um, that, that you join us on February 16th in both campuses. We'll be doing the Lord's Supper as we think about and remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us. And I think it's just going to be a great, great day. So yeah. make sure you, you you join us that day. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a great day. Thanks for reminding us of that, Chris. That's awesome. Well, for everyone else, thanks so much for making time to jump in and join us today. We hope that you'll hit subscribe so you can catch future episodes and you can help us connect with more people by pressing the like button and leaving a comment or possibly sharing through social media. So thanks for listening. We hope you'll use your platform. We hope you'll use your place of greatest influence to connect with someone today. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. See you. Thanks, Chad. We are grateful you joined us today on the platform. If you're in the Owasso or Tulsa area, we would love to meet you face-to-face. Services take place every weekend at First Baptist Church Owasso and on the Calvary campus in Tulsa. You can also catch us on most social media sites and online at fbcowasso.org. We're praying that God will do something in you and through you that can't possibly be explained because of you. We look forward to how God will use you on your platform.